Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Derek, today we're talking about vision. Vision, um, eyesight, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, progressive lenses. I'm so glad we're not actually talking about that. <laughs> I, uh, my best friend from college is a. He's going to school to be an eye doctor, and uh, I would never make it in that field. A former uh, client of ours from a long time ago. Yeah, his expertise. He, he's a doctor, has a doctorate yeah. in all the stuff that goes on deep inside the, the eye. And, and it's pretty fascinating, but it's incredibly complicated. Oh my, way more complicated than this conversation, I would say. But today we're talking about vision of a company. So a little less scientific. <laughs> yeah. A little, oh, more, little more emotional. Right brain. In my side. A little, le- little less left brain. Yeah, for sure. Company vision. Corporate vision or brand vision, brand vision, um, right? It can't. It could be more than just a company or or a business. It could just be a product. What is this product doing? Where is it going? All these other things. I think uh, vision is a common issue for a lot of the companies we work with because they don't think big enough, which sounds interesting to me. That I think it's really easy in the day to day goings on of of going to work of doing your business of working in you know your job your career to get so focused on the deadlines uh the the quarter what's due at the end of the week what's profit look like at the end of the quarter we're we're deadline driven um just about everything that we work on has a a date stamp to it whether there's a trade show or a product launch or yeah some sort of promotion that's happening. And so we're accustomed to setting that date and working backwards and thinking one day at a time, one week at a time. Working on your vision is basically getting up on top of all that, getting outside of all of that, climbing up to the top of that metaphorical tree and seeing where it is that, you know, looking past the edge of that tree line and and seeing where it is that you're actually trying to go. Yeah, when we work with clients, we talk a lot about guiding principles, right? And a vision, a vision statement or just your vision is a part of those guiding principles. But these larger guiding principles should really work together to help you make decisions, should help you uh, inspire employees. It should do a lot of things. But today we're just specifically digging into vision. In other episodes, we'll talk about maybe your mission statement or your purpose statement, maybe your core values. Well, as we let's define vision a little bit further, and I think we might have to talk about the mission statement as one of the other elements of the guiding principles because they work very closely together. So, what is the in? What do we mean here at Susner when we say vision? Yeah, and you say that because everyone has their own kind of definition and how they go about it. And I think vision is interesting. So, in short, we say vision is what we aspire to be or what we aspire to create. So a vision is this future state that you're trying to create, whether that's the future state of the organization, whether that's the future state of uh, society or whatever that is. And then the mission is what we're doing to actually help us reach that state. So while they're both aspirational, 
The vision is really aspirational, and the mission is more actionable. The vision guides the mission. Mm -hmm. The vision describes that state, which then people say, well, where does the purpose come in? And I would say the vision describes the future state in which our purpose has been realized. When we work through the why, which is our purpose, right? then we say, okay, if we have this why, then the best way to start thinking about our vision to start off is to say, well, if we actually realize that purpose, we do it over and over a thousand times, what kind of world are we creating? What kind of organization are we creating? What is this? And that starts kind of filling this, okay, we're thinking about in a, in a bigger sense which then you can ladder down to the mission to say, okay, well, if we're trying to create this world, then how do we create it? I think a lot of people say, this is what we do, our mission. So if we do that a thousand times, what's going to happen? And I think that that requires more effort. It's easier to come from the top down instead of going from the bottom up in my mind. And when you get hyper-focused on the mission and the what are we doing, then you're back into the working in the business instead of working on the business. Then you're right back into the measure, the measurables, the key performance indicators, the tactics that you're working on that you think will help you achieve something. And it's sometimes the risk is you lose sight of the vision or you didn't have one in the first place. Achieving the mission is critical to the whole thing. If we're not achieving our mission, then we're never going to get anywhere. Totally understand that. But in order to actually have clarity around what that mission is doing and have an understanding of, well, if we achieve this part of the mission or we achieve this part of the mission, that allows us to really achieve this altogether. And I think what happens is, is that people get so caught up in this mission that they're trying to do day to day, like you're saying, and they don't really think about the big picture enough to say, okay, well, why are we doing that? If we're creating cars and that's our mission is to create the, the best car in the world, why are we doing that? What, what is this thing that we're leading to? And I think that without asking those bigger questions, we start risking being uninspiring to, to employees. There's a couple different you know, books that we've read that come at this a couple of different ways. And um, one, of, one of my favorite ones, I think it's called Mindset. Okay. And it talks about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Yeah. And I think of an organization, Carol Dweck, I believe, is the author. I have to fact check that. Yeah. But the, the idea of being vision-oriented as an organization would mean that you have a growth mindset. You're, you're never going to get there. You're, you're never supposed to achieve the vision because it's so aspirational that it drives you and pushes you and guides you while you continue to check some of the boxes of the items on your mission that show that you're successfully working towards this very aspirational place. If you read a book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, I think it's the same principle to say we need to have something that's infinite. We need to have something that's so far out there that we're always chasing it or we'll become stagnant. And I think this idea of being infinite he calls it a just cause. Mm -hmm. In his book, he calls it, oh, we have, we have a purpose and then we have a just cause. This just cause can be shared by everybody. It's this, it's this state, it's this thing that we're trying to create that is almost infinite because it can never really fully be achieved. 
in our mind, the just cause in his book fits perfectly into the vision statement. Like what, what do we want to create? What do we want to be? And that should be more than just the company. And I think in his book, he really gets into that to say, we need to create something that I, I can't do it alone. I need you. I need to ask my employees. I need to ask not even my employees, but our, my customers to join us in this cause to say we need to move forward. And I think that's the best way to start thinking about a vision. It's not just about us. It's not just about me. It's about everyone. So when we think of vision as in what do we aspire to be? What do we aspire to create? Depending on what um, inspires you the most. I think we have clients that go either way. Sometimes they want to create something for everybody. Sometimes they go, no, 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 no. That doesn't inspire me. I want to go this way to be something bigger. I think that's where we start becoming more fluid in the way we actually practice this implementation. Then the mission is what are we doing, whether that's daily, whether that's yearly, whether that's just no time frame at all, but what are we doing to actually get us to that vision? And then a part of that is core values too. Like, so who do we need on our team to actually achieve that mission and be this bigger people? Like, who are we? What do we value in people? So those are a couple of the things that go in there. Um, we talked a little about purpose and all this other stuff. Well, hang on a second. So in, in the model that we use, that we work on when we help a company articulate their vision, we're not creating it. Um, it's their company. It's, but what we can often do is help facilitate a conversation that helps draw that out of them in a way that we can get down on paper in a yep. concise way in a workshop. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll have future conversations that we'll talk specifically about purpose and about mission and about core values, which you just said, but yep. you've just keyed in on essentially the, the top half of the guiding principles model. Yeah. Um, and if purpose is the why and vision is the where we're going and the mission is how do we get there or what we do. Yeah. And the core values are the attributes that describe the type of people and the culture that we need to mm -hmm. achieve the mission, which helps us achieve our vision or work towards our vision. There's a, there's a really, I like it, uh, a, a great metaphor around sort of a military approach oh, yeah. that came out of some conversations you and I had after reading Simon Sinek's yeah. book and around so we, the infinite mindset. He doesn't get into this specifically, um, but I think we, we've kind of talked about this and we use it in workshops and it helps kind of frame up the what each piece is for people in general. And so I always start at the bottom and I go up just because it's easier to understand. Um, and we're talking military. I think of it as like a war example. Say there's a war going on and we're a military so what is our core values, mission, vision, and purpose? All these different things. And so I start with core values at the bottom. So it's like, let's describe our sol soldiers. Who are they? Who, who do they need to be? What, what do they need to be as people in order for us to win this whole thing or to achieve what we want to achieve? Then I think of our mission as winning that war, which is different, right? Because some people think of our vision as winning that war. Like, oh no, I want to, I want to do this battle so that I win the war. And I think of, I think that's where the bigger problem is, is that people don't think of the mission as the war. So it's a longer term than I think most people conceive it as. And then, and then we say, okay, if, well, if our mission is our war, if we achieve that, if we win the war, then our vision is what is that world we're creating once we achieve that goal that if we win the war, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the world? What are we going to create? Are we going to create a 
world that's full of democracy or whatever it is. And then our purpose or our why is our beliefs. And like, why? So why do we even care about that world? Why do we want to create that world? Well, we want to create that world because we believe in freedom yep. or something around there. And you can start kind of seeing how this ladders up. So we're saying our core values for this military example are our soldiers. Our mission is to win the war. Our vision is we want to win the war because we want to live in this world of peace and democracy. And we do all of that because our purpose is really rooted in freedom because we believe in freedom. So you can kind of see how it starts laddering up and it makes it more approachable. Another sports analogy version of that same sort of laddering up as it relates to uh, golf, which is often the metaphor that I use when we talk <laughs> about things. Yeah. One of my favorite golfers of all time was David Duvall. And David Duvall rose to the number one golfer in the world after shooting uh, a record tying 59 in a tournament and then went on to win the British Open or the Open Championship, yep. as the Europeans prefer it be called. And then I don't believe, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't believe he ever won another tournament ever again. After winning the British Open, he ended up having other like uh, vertigo issues and uh, some other health challenges. Yeah. But in hindsight, in interviews with him, in this model of purpose, vision, and mission, I think he set winning a major championship as his vision. So it was a finite. It was a, Correct. It was a totally achievable. And once he did, it wasn't his his vision wasn't to win multiple majors. His vision or his purpose wasn't to become the best golfer or or to become one of the greatest golfers of all time. His vision, his his in his mind his vision was to win a major championship, and that was a finite goal. And once he did it, he didn't have any. He, he's like, "Well, now what?" Exactly. And he lost his drive. Where if when when I remember when Rory McIlroy won um, his first major, that's what he referred to it as. He said, "Well, I'm really excited that now I've won my first major." Yeah. So for Rory, winning that first major was just a, a tick in the a milestone it was a mission in the mission yeah. section leading towards his vision of absolutely you know, being something bigger and longer lasting and infinite when we talk to clients this kind of conversation is the very beginning conversation in once we get through discovery and doing all that sort of stuff to say like so where are we going what do we want to be what do what do we want to create and i think that most of our clients sit down and go um, we just want to sell the most X or we want to achieve this financial goal. And I think that they, they assume that that's their vision is to be this longer. That's okay. Yep. That's our big goal. We're going to go after that. And I think it's interesting to look at a big, hairy, audacious goal and actually put a number to it because that's finite. Right. So it's, it's this more of this growth mindset and changing your mindset is a big part of this. So if, 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 I'm at an organization and I say our goal is to be the largest provider of X. Yeah. That's a mission. Yeah. Because that's achievable. Yeah. The the vision is an elevated goal that's higher than that and it would be like if you be I would ask or we would ask that company if you become the biggest or the largest then what does that help your organization what are you working towards head towards with that. Yeah. Um and we can get into some of this stuff. But so what's 
What's the most common issues of not having that vision? One is not being able to think long-term. So, for example, if somebody was to ask some a leader, an owner, a CEO yep. of a company, yep. where do you see this company in 10 years? If that person hasn't already thought through what that longer-term answer is, or even where do you see this company after you've sold it or retired or what's the life of where is this where is this organization going if they're only focused on this year's success what success looks like this year then then that might be that they don't have a vision that they've articulated which is interesting because a lot of consultants will come in and they'll do a vision casting that is very tactical, very, we want to, we envision hitting this milestone by this date doing this. And I think that from a business oriented, and maybe this is why Simon Siddick went away from the word vision at all, mm -hmm. because of the connotation it has with just business management. And it's like, oh, well, we have to envision doing this and doing that and doing this. It's really for the boardroom. Which is why half the boardroom rolls their eyes when they say, hey, we're <laughs> going to do some vision casting work. And even thinking outside the boardroom, if the if inside the boardroom, half of them roll their eyes going, oh my God, so we're just going to talk about how great we're going to be. Think about outside the boardroom. What, what do those people outside the boardroom think when you come to them and say, well, our vision is to earn X amount of money by the time that we hit this date, how many people in your company roll their eyes and go, who cares? And the first thing that that person is going to do is say, how do I fit into that? So now that what that means to me is I need to sell more, work harder, do more, achieve more. And that's all fine yeah. from a, an employee performance standpoint. But what that person might really be looking for as an employee is an understanding of where this organization's going, especially if it's if they're in the process of considering working for your organization versus somebody else who's in a similar space to understand not only the difference and the differentiation of what your products are and the problems they solve, but to understand where is this organization going, where is it going to be in five years or 10 years, and can I envision myself being part of that organization and making an impact in helping this company achieve something that's bigger than me. Your employees are sacrificing time. They're sacrificing effort. And I get that they're getting compensated for that. And that's awesome. That's great. But at the same time, they're, they can get compensated elsewhere. So if you're going to ask someone to sacrifice something, then you better give them an understanding of why they're sacrificing. And if they're sacrificing so they can hit a certain financial milestone by a certain date that's not going to be nearly as inspiring to their work than saying we're really trying to do this and this is bigger than you and it's bigger than me it only can happen if we all work towards it that's where you start getting something special one more symptom of not having a vision is getting stuck on decision making when, when somebody comes up with an innovation or an idea on a product line or a direction the company might go uh, uh, an acquisition, a merger that you might, once you get past the sort of the financial aspects of that, a truly successful company would say, well, let's weigh that decision against our vision and where we've decided that this organization is heading and does that support and fit within that vision? Absolutely. When we talk to 
it's funny because you say that and I go, and we're a branding firm? Um, <laughs> Uh, when we talk to our clients, the whole reason this started is because clients come to us without knowing what they want to be. And we got into this guiding principles game with the mindset of saying, there's a better way to do this that makes it more approachable for people internally, externally, in general. It can be used in more ways. And I think for you saying that to say people struggle with decision making, it, it came out of marketing decision making right. 100%. To say, we don't even know what we're, how are we going to market this thing? I don't know. What are we going to do? And what does this mean for next year? And what does this mean for 10 years from now? And what is this even becoming? And this is where it really became our decision making. Then when we actually implemented it, it turned out that leaders would go, well, this is way more helpful for everything else. I mean, it, it absolutely is helpful for the marketing department. But now it's helping us make decisions down different avenues that we didn't even think in hiring and firing and in um, innovation and doing other things. So it's really interesting to see how it kind of the collateral damage that this work kind of does. Well, and per the name of the podcast, Brands Made Meaningful, having a vision, a company that has a vision, who's looking to do something with their brand, whether any of the marketing, any of the creative, any of the messaging that comes out of what that company creates is it's so much more meaningful and so much more impactful if there's a real vision and mission to inspire and influence that direction, to say, what does success really look like? This is where we get from brand is not just about the visuals. When brand is understood that it's more than just the visuals, then we start getting into these deeper conversations to say, oh, okay, so it's about how we're perceived. It's about how we inspire and it's about how we do all of this other stuff. And granted, that could be absolutely through visuals. But a lot of times for internal people, it's not. And visuals don't inspire people as much as the words behind them. And I think that when we get down into it, being able to really dig deeper, become more meaningful in the way that we communicate to our internal teams and even our customers goes a long way. And it and it, yeah, it absolutely is more effective, but it also lasts a lot longer. Yeah, exactly. There's a word called um, that in the in the creative industry. It's called ephemera, mm -hmm. uh, short life, short lived. Think of a wedding invitation. It goes out. It serves its purpose. The event happens, and then that if you know, unless you're the bride and the groom, or the couple, or the the parents, yep. those probably get recycled. Yeah. Um, and so what we're trying to do when it comes to uh, an organization's brand is the opposite of ephemera. We're trying to make this as long lasting in addition to being meaningful as possible. Yeah. And that, that requires us to take a step back in order to move forward. I think the hardest conversation we have from a new business or a onboarding perspective is for clients to go, wait, 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 we're going to spend all this time doing this. I just wanted to get to X. The idea is we will get to X, but we don't want you to have to do that over and over and over again. We want to take one step back so that we can make something out of this that lasts a really long time. Many of the organizations that we work with, that we start with, they have a vision and they've already done the hard work of articulating that and they're working towards that vision. But for somebody who might be listening today who doesn't have a vision for their brand, for their organization, or is maybe now questioning whether or not their vision is as 
thoughtful and meaningful and as aspirational as it could be, what are a couple things that that person could be thinking about that might help them take a step in, in the direction of fixing that? The first step that I would take is to start talking to some people at your organization to say, hey, are you inspired on in what you do? Or do you know where we're going? I think the biggest conversation, we had this conversation with a client probably three months ago where someone goes, yeah, I don't know if we need that. And then, then they spent a couple of days just asking around and turns out no one else in their organization knew where they were going or why they were doing what they were doing in the first place. So this was all kind of sitting in his head, right? The CEO's head to say, oh, well, I thought, I thought we knew. I thought everyone was on board. Uh, turns out that no, not at all. And so I'd say that first step that you would take is start asking around. Where, where, where do you think we're going? Why, why do you think we're here? Um, and if you start getting the same answer, then you're absolutely on the right track. The people know why they're here, what they're doing. If the answer is tactical, that might be a little bit more difficult to say, oh, well, we're here to sell X. Um, we're here to service these people. Then you start getting into the, I would say, red flag zone to say, oh, these people know why what we do, but they don't know why we're here right. or where we're going. So that's what I would start with. I think another question just to ask yourself is that simply where do we see this organization in 10 years? Whether you're still part of it or not, as the owner, leader, leadership team, where are where do we want to be? Where do, what do we aspire to be? Uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great would describe this organization as being on a bus, and your vision is where's this, where's this bus headed? And, you know, a lot of startups yeah. don't, I mean, in, in transparency, when you look at our organization, when this organization was started two decades ago, the original vision was to make it a year. <laughs> was to just prove the point that this was a business that could sustain and survive. Um, and once we got to one year, the goal was to make it to five because mm -hmm. most new businesses that make it to one year don't make it to five. And so we absolutely didn't have a vision when we got started. And, and so it's very typical. It's very normal in our conversations that not just young entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs in general are so focused on what they do and the skill set that they have and what they're really good at, that they just haven't paused and taken that step back to look 10 or 15 or 20 years down the road yeah. and, and envision an exciting and amazing place that that could be. And it's more than being the best. I think that's what, that's what a lot of people kind of result to. And we have clients that get there. And I think we always challenge our clients and sometimes they they push back and say, this is what inspires me. This, this is the sentence. This is the statement that inspires me. And that's fine. Our job is to get you work that inspires you and help you get there to do right by you. And we will absolutely provide insight and um, opinions and pushback where we feel is right. But at the end of the day, these are statements. So a vision statement is something that needs to inspire you. It needs to inspire employees. Being the best, being the first, being the original, are positioning statements and yeah. that's a separate podcast conversation yeah. that's not a vision statement it could be a mission it could be we want to be the best at this hard to measure that for a mission and being the best at a vision is not really a place i mean it could be we this is what we want to become and that's great some people in working on this especially if they're working on it 
or themselves are going to get caught up in the words. What are some some uh, some advice that we might give somebody who's taken a break, gotten off site, maybe gathered with their leadership team, and are, they're they're working on articulating their own vision, but they're getting stuck in the words and the wordsmithing. How do we help them get around that? I would. I what I do. What we what I say the first step is when we do a workshop, don't write sentences, jot down ideas, whether that's one one word ideas, two word phrases, just word, just ideas. You can always take that to a copywriter if yep. you really want to. Don't get stuck on the having the words have to be perfect. perfect. No, not at all. And and then the other part is ask why as many times as possible. If you can get to and I know you go for three, I go for as many times until you get upset. <laughs> but if you can say, we do this, we sell knee braces. Why do we sell knee braces? And then someone goes, oh, because of this. And then you go, well, but why do we do that? And then you go, oh, because we're doing this. And like, why, 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 why? Until you get down to something that's really big. Then you can start coming back from there. And I think a lot of people don't go deep enough. They don't go to enough whys to really get that answer. So it's got to be, Ask people about what they think. Really get an understanding of where people are today. Then next, you should sit down with a team, your key stakeholders, your leadership team, whoever, and start jotting down things. Not phrases or not sentences, but just ideas. Yep. One word, two words is the way that we kind of hone it in. As many as possible to why we're really here. And then just keep going down that rabbit hole. If you get there long enough, you'll get to an answer. And that answer might shock you. And if you do get stuck, consider a facilitator. Consider bringing in somebody that can help guide that conversation and, and draw that out of you. But you may have somebody on your team. You said it earlier in this episode, but we don't create something for our clients. This whole process is already sitting at the table. If it's not at the table already, then we don't have the right people. And you wouldn't be a successful organization if you didn't have the right people. So... We go into the mindset of saying it's not our job to create this for you. It's our job to pull it out and to guide you through it. So absolutely, we've had clients come back to us and go, I could have never gotten there without doing this kind of workshop where you just keep pulling it out of us and just keep challenging us to push farther and farther and farther. But at the same time, I look at them and go, well, we could have never gotten here without you and your mindset already. So the only difference is, is there's an external mindset or an external perspective is super valuable for this, but it can absolutely be done internally. And you mentioned it before, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek is a great read. It's an accessible read. And for, his, yeah. uh, the analogies that, his, that he gives around the difference between an infinite mindset and a finite mindset, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, um, I thought was incredibly uh, helpful for absolutely me. for leader and i suggest it all the time it's it's one of my favorite books right now for sure it well, challenges people enough we'll add that to our uh future uh book club <laughs> book club book club I podcast conversation if you would have told me 20 years ago that i was going to be in a book club i would have <laughs> laughed in your face um as long as i can read the book by listening to it on audible yeah. then i'm open to being part of the club <laughs> all right until next time thank you Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark. 
guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com. Thank you.